Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One, two, three, four. Filled with Welcome to See Jurassic Right. I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris, and I don't know. <laughs> this is um, some more casual episode. Uh, hi. Hey, everyone. We're back. Um, we're back. That song, John Goodman. Anyway, uh, this is a, if you haven't known from the title, I don't know why. I thought the word debrief sounded fun. But See uh, Jurassic Right is back, obviously. And, well, not obviously, I guess. But, you know taken kind of a break here or there hadn't really had anything compelling to talk about but yeah we're back and uh, oh I forgot that I had this idea well I guess I'm not doing that but or I'm gonna do it right now but the, the, to uh, to use a blank check uh, I was gonna say aphorism but maybe more like you know a thing about their podcast which is reading a quote from the movie that they're about to talk about so I had one prepared, which 
which I said, but John, when the podcast breaks down, the podcast doesn't eat the Taurus. And yeah, no, I've been, uh, I was going to say, I, it's not going to, I was going to say I haven't been busy. I have been busy, but a lot has happened since the show was going regularly. I feel like it's kind of been irregular for the last two years, to be honest, but left MFM in July, missed those kids. But yeah, I'm not really here to talk about that stuff, but just kind of debrief people on what's been happening or what is going to happen with the podcast and just kind of a little bit, because uh, I released, what was it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight episodes in the last two months, I think, I believe. Um, <laughs> I mean, I generally wanted to release them all in like a week other than the Halloween episode, but look, you know, you got to use back into things. So. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of talk about that for a second and then wanted to talk about the new Jurassic World Chaos Theory trailer. And yeah, this kind of worked out for the best, I guess, in a way, because the trailer was officially released yesterday as of this recording, which I'm going to just put this episode right up. No muss, no fuss. Uh, but yeah, so... I think, you know, thinking a lot about this podcast and what I wanted to do with it and definitely hoping to, you know, pursue it regularly, uh, you know, next year and just, you know, kind of from now on, we'd love to make it a big pillar of what I do from now on, really kind of put it to the forefront again, because I don't know, I think this podcast, I think, you know, the t- the title, See Jurassic Right, the, I think the initial idea was to use it to talk about not only my Jurassic journey, but anyone else's, as well as you know, I think it's very funny when, you know, talking about titles of things, you know, you think about the podcast, we primarily talk about cats, but, you know, the show also talks about cats in film and pop culture. Uh, you know, we talk to people about animal rescue. We have our April Fool's, you know, episodes where we talk to people about other animals. And so see Jurassic Right was kind of, it never was intended to be just a Jurassic Park podcast. Obviously, even in that first sort of season, you know, talked about dinosaurs, Michael Crichton, and just fan communities, creative communities, and things like that. So I think when I when I was thinking about coming back, you know, wanting to make a big splash, uh, Mosasaurus style, I wanted to, you know, sort of run the gamut of types of episodes that I've done in the past, as well as try out some new things and stuff. And this selection of episodes, the eight that, you know, sort of I will call like the we're back episodes. Um, although I feel like the rest of this year is going to be kind of on a similar trajectory. But it, it you know, I wanted to get out some old interviews that I had done, some old interviews that I had had different thoughts about how I was going to, excuse me, use them, and then record some new episodes and then try out some new content as well. Uh you know, the labor of and the queer cinema one, excuse me. I, <laughs> I almost knocked over my coffee earlier. Uh, you know, I just got back from the field museum annual fundraising gala, which was so much fun. Big thanks to M Andrea and everyone else. Uh, you know, um, it was just such a great time. Got to see so many friends. I truly love Chicago more than anything else. And yeah, the field museum is so, ah, it's such a good time. I mean, really just 
dancing with dinosaurs. It was truly the best. Ugh, I can't wait to do it again next year. And yeah, so anyway, the the episodes, it was so funny because I wrote down all the dates that I recorded them and stuff. And man, the last few years have been wild. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously in the world, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so the first one I wanted to bring back, I really uh, love my dear friend, Megan Baker. And I actually we actually saw each other in New York, speaking of Blank Check, to see Blank Check live. And this interview we actually did July, uh, we did July 21st, 20, 2020, 2022, say that three times fast, right after Dominion had come out. And Megan and I hadn't caught up in a while, so that was just a really fun episode to talk to her about our love of Bryce Dallas Howard. And we... I don't know if we were, I don't know if it, if it was like seriously on the table, but we've, we've briefly talked about getting matching Bryce Dallas Howard tattoos. So maybe that'll happen in the future, but uh, no, but we, we, you know, I learned her thoughts about Fallen Kingdom. We talked about Dominion. This had actually been before I had seen the extended cut of Dominion, but we watched the prologue to Dominion, which gets incorporated into the, you know, the sort of, what I consider the definitive edition of Dominion, even though obviously I have, mm, I don't know if I've watched the, the non-extended edition since then, but yeah, the, the, to me, Dominion is way better with that prologue inserted into the actual film, but you know, you can just watch it too. If that, you know, it kind of works as its own standalone thing as well, but I just think it makes Rexy's story better, but yeah, that episode was super fun. And again, it was just great to catch up with my friend, Megan. She's such a delight. She's very charming and fun and, I just really love her unique opinions on the Jurassic franchise because I feel like her opinions are just so just different from everyone else's. So it's always great to chat with her. And then the next episode, this was probably the oldest thing that I put out from the vault, uh, the unintentional vault as far as that goes. Uh, I never really meant to keep anything that long, but it was this interview with Ellen G. Dow, who at the time you did her dis dissertation on molecular, you know, she was, yeah, I, I, again, I'm like, I'm like getting all the terminology correct, but, um, you know, she did her dissertation in molecular biology specific, you know, specific to what she was doing. So we chatted about all the, all the steps in Jurassic Park, uh, that Mr. DNA says that it takes to make a dinosaur and kind of, we walked through it and she kind of told me each step and, you know, how realistic it was and, you know, if it was possible, that kind of stuff. And it was just really fun to talk to somebody who has actually done. I mean, that to me was the mind blowing moment of the episode was she's like, yeah, I've actually done stuff like this in real life. And I was just like, why, you know, wow. So that was wild. And just a very fun episode. Again, somebody who was, you know, partially inspired by Jurassic Park, by Ellie, by Dr. Ellie Sattler to get into STEM. It's just so cool when you meet other people who were inspired by Jurassic Park in a way and, you know, going on to do good things and stuff. Um, so that was just a really, really great episode, really episode I'm very proud of. And there's actually like, because at the time I was going to do other stuff with a handful of interviews and like, I don't even remember, like that's all, this was recorded June 18th, 2019. And that was already four years ago. So that was wild, but that, but uh, yeah, I have some other uh, chat, chat, I was gonna say chatter with her 
uh, from that time. So maybe I'll find a way to put some of that stuff out because there's still some other fun stuff in there. And then the next episode was the labor in the making of Jurassic Park, um, which I recorded October 7th or 8th. <laughs> That's I wrote down in my notes. Uh, but I had just seen Jurassic Punk over since leaving MFM and meeting my new besties, Sarah, uh, Sarah M. Gonzalez and Kaveh Taharian, um, who showed me Jurassic Punk. And just kind of my mind blown about that. Cause I, yeah, I'm always interested in the difference between history as it's written and history as it actually happened. I don't know if that's a thing or that's like a hobby, but I mean, if you love something like the dollop, you know, that podcast, it's just like, Oh, here's the truth about how these events happened and how much, you know, we take for granted that phrase history is written by the victors. And so that was a really, and it, I consider that I, I was calling the episode an audio essay because it is like 15 minutes. It almost feels like, uh, cause you know, I've done a lot of writing, you strike for geek and sundry and stuff and, you know, would write these articles and stuff, but I guess it's kind of taking those skills and turning it into again, an audio essay where I'm kind of doing the research, you know, really focused on not only address the Jurassic punk documentary, which was about the man who sort of created this, the original CGI test um, whose life fell apart after the making of after, you know, after Jurassic park and the documentary goes into all the reasons why and everything. And it's just, it's just a really fascinating documentary about credit, the industry, creativity, all this stuff. And yeah. And then, you know, did a little thing on Malia Scotch Marmo and Laura Dern and just kind of the more interesting aspects of those two people and their work on the film. And I don't know. I really loved it. I, I, you know, I was like, I was like, I'm good at research. I don't know if I'm good at research because obviously there's people who do, you know, who make it their career to be researchers, but I find research really fun and fascinating and I have a lot of resources at my disposal between, you know, books and, you know, the internet and different, you know, people of the community and just that kind of stuff. And I don't know, it feels really fun to just dig in and dive and trying to get beyond the Wikipedia-ness of stuff sometimes is, you know, just very exciting because it just feels, it feels like discovery. So I definitely want to do more. I mean, I ended up doing another one. Uh, as well, you know, during this we're back phase, but yeah, I want to do more stuff like that. I'm curious to know what people think of it. Cause it's, you know, they're short, they're like 15 minutes. It's like the equivalent of like a thousand word essay or something like that. But, um, you know, getting to play with music and stuff again, kind of like the first season and yeah, just getting to stretch my legs a little bit creative wise, as far as the podcast goes and, you know, mixing it up a little bit, but, um, you know, the next interview after that feels like ugh, it was such a classic uh you know sort of more conversational see dress right episode with Corey anderson who is a lawyer and a writer for dress outpost and we had just hung out in july so this interview was september 9th and uh just getting to chat about something that he's very passionate about as far as you know trivia goes and then getting to reminisce about the trivia nights that i've thrown through this podcast at idle hour here in Los Angeles. And 
yeah, I mean, it was just such a hoot. He's such a such a funny and thoughtful and smart human being. And so that was, you know, after we had spent some time at Comic-Con, it was just such a great to kind of that that episode was sort of a debrief of all the conversations that we had been having down there. So and just since then. So that was so great. And then the sort of peak of the we're back episodes was my interview with land before time screenwriter, Stu Krieger, which I had actually thought I had recorded before lockdown, but actually I recorded it February 19th, 2021. <laughs> I I'm so happy. I was able to find all the dates like that kind of stuff, like finding the dates that I had originally recorded these, even going back into my phone and finding like photos and things that I had collected, you know, when doing research and stuff like that. It's just very satisfying. It feels very gratifying to no- to find those paper trails in some ways because you know it just it's like yeah that's the work you put into things but Stu is so great so gracious with this time and that was just such a fun interview because just how much lame before time means to to all of us and it's such a great movie still holds up today it's still <laughs> wonderfully devastating mother Ugh. yeah that was just a great interview and then you know it's just funny thinking about it then because it's just like oh I wish I could have asked him this question and this question but you know, I think I, I'm really proud of that interview. And yeah, I hope you liked it. But the next one was my second audio essay. I actually, I mean, I don't currently have any other audio essays planned right now. Maybe, well, it was like, I do want to do this Jurassic World Dominion Redemption thing planned, but I still have to do some more research for that stuff. But uh, where was I going? Anyway. The Jurassic Park is queer cinema episode was super fun. And it was one of these things where I think before I had done the the labor and the making of Jurassic Park, obviously that episode is more research-based as far as history, whereas the Jurassic Park is queer cinema episode was more, mm, more my history, I guess, in a way, and just kind of, uh, you know, how we sort of engage with media and how it can mean how it mean how it can mean to us, how it means to us, and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, anyway, that episode was just really special, and yeah, ended up putting a lot more work into that as far as personal history research goes. And I was just very, I was just very proud of myself for being able to find the syllabus for that class, film and media studies, one eighty seven me. Uh, from 2009 like I was just very delighted that I could find that again just to really you know memory is a tricky thing and you know having worked on a true crime podcast for seven years getting to do research for that show and getting to sort of see that world you know where research is insanely valuable and memories you know uh, affect evidence and, you know, talking about jury and talking about uh, witnesses and things like that, you know. So that's obviously a lot more important in that world, but I think it can just be very useful uh, no matter what subject you're talking about. So, uh, yeah, that episode just was very proud of, very, very proud of, really hard work. Um, I don't know. Just, it just felt, it was just felt, it felt great to share. And yeah, I don't know. It was just nice. (laughs) It was just nice, you know, just nice. Uh, And then the next episode, which, you know, again, more of a classic conversational kind of chat with Andreas. uh, Oh, my God, I did it again. Andreas Theophilo. 
uh, <laughs> uh, just a running joke that I'm never going to, I'm just going to hesitate when pronouncing her last name. She's one of my dearest, dearest friends and got to spend so much time with her this last time I was out in Chicago uh, for the Field Museum. And then her and her partner, Chris and I all went to the Brookfield Zoo, got to see an Okapi, got to see their own dinosaur. I believe it was an Iguanodon statue. It looked like an Iguanodon, maybe a Myasaur, um, at the Brookfield Zoo. And that was so much fun. And her episode, really just talking about dinosaurs as birds and her birds and her lizard. Well, you know what? I don't know if we did talk about Aegon that much, but I did get to meet Aegon and her two birds, Kazooie and Wednesday, and the pigeon that she was fostering. Not Potsticker, though. Um, he has a good home now, but... Um, getting to meet her little dinosaurs in person was just so much, was so much fun. They were like, truly like when I was like holding this like food thing and they're just like, like it really was like velociraptors, like reaching through the cage. It was so, it was really cool. Uh, Yeah. And just our love about the field museum. So that kind of worked out timing wise as well too. Cause that came out the week I was going out to Chicago. So that was really fun. And finally to end the we're back week in quotes, phase of the pod as we get back into the regular schedule was an annual Halloween episode with Luce Tomlin Brenner, one of my favorite people in the world of the It's Always Halloween podcast and, you know, filmed. I mean, she's just one of the most incredibly talented people I know, and I love her to death. And yeah, we always have to, even when the pod was like barely on, you know, running on steam or, you know, I was going to say fossil fuels. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> um. We, you know, we would always get together and do something for Halloween and yeah, kind of got to mix in a little true crime. I mean, I was just thinking, I was like, I think cryptids sort of count as true crime, if only just because true crime sort of happens around them. Thinking about Mothman, of course, but yeah, that was such a delight. It was sort of a, you know, I feel like it was kind of my first foray into the topic of dinosaur cryptids. So that was more of a casual, again, sort of chat where you know, brought in some research, but I would definitely love to do more, especially like the Angkor Wat um, stegosaur. Like that thing is so fascinating and I would love to do a real deep dive on that. But it was really fun just to kind of analyze, you know, all the different notions of what cryptids can mean for people. You know, some people very generally, you know, it's like Lost World, like bringing, you know, the original Lost World, uh, you know, that Michael Crichton was referencing as far as like dinosaurs still existing from the past, you know, thinking about, you know, the, the, the stegosaur from, uh, sorry, the stegosaur from top Rome and Wat is another, uh, is another monastery. But, um, I was thinking about Angkor Wat cause it's kind of similar vibes, um, you know, from in the mood for love, but anyway, uh, yeah, I would love to do more on that cause cryptids are just so fun. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> So yeah, that was this first selection of episodes, and there's so many other types of things I want to do. I really want to do more long-term series and stuff again, whether it's like the first season, but maybe a little bit more focused on a particular topic. Uh, obviously, I want to do more back-to-school series like I did back in 2020, where I got, or, you know, I exclusively interviewed scientists you know, for a month, month and a half. I think that's just such a fun, fruitful place, and... Yeah, the the next few episodes, I interviewed Faith Delgado, who was a former school teacher, and the Stegosaurus Queen, one of my dear friends, 
Kaveterian, who I mentioned before, who's an author and illustrator. Caleb Burnett, who, you know, if you're in the Jurassic community, you know him. He's a composer and Jurassic Outpost contributor. And then I also have, I don't know, probably like a handful of more episodes from The Vault that I will also sort of be spacing out between new episodes and stuff like that. And I also have an episode that'll come out next week on the upcoming Magic the Gathering set, The Caverns of Ixalan. Then um, that set also comes out on the 17th. I did voiceover for the initial set, uh, like announcement thing. Um, thank you again, everyone who, you know, boosted that. And I don't know, it was just, I really want to do more voiceover stuff. Uh, it's just so much fun. And it's such a great challenge that's very different from podcasting, which, you know, I'm, I need some challenges right now. So <laughs> I was like, do I need some challenges right now? Yes, I would love to. That challenge, that challenge and really rewarding voiceover work is super fun. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing some more, you know, sponsored posts and stuff like that about that, um, including the episode. It's going to be really fun because they, the cards that the, you know, the Jurassic World, I mean, the actual set itself is really cool with, I mean, just it's, it's kind of reminds me of like Dinotopia vibes a little bit, you know, which like as far as dinosaurs go, alternate history with us with dinosaurs Ugh, like mm, so delicious and i want more of that kind of stuff so i'm very excited for ixalan for that and then they also did a jurassic park jurassic world subset where they actually made magic the gathering cards with scenes from the movies which is very cool because you know just get, it's just another way to view the franchise so look for that episode and then i just wanted to mention a handful of guest spots on other podcasts that i've done in the last year and if you want me on your podcast, let me know. I always love being a guest. I most recently uh, was on Musical Splaining, uh, Kaveterian, who I mentioned earlier. I was on his podcast uh, with Angela Me- uh, with Angela Mihan. Um, they had me on to talk about the South Park musical, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. And that was just really fun, kind of going down my conflicted feelings about South Park and just, you know, fun memories uh, related to that movie. Um and obviously, big shout out, and I really want everyone to go listen to a trilogy of episodes on the Jurassic Park on the Jurassic Park podcast with Brad Jost. Um, this was recorded, I feel like, when I was just like, I don't even know when a new episode for SJR is coming out. So this was just really a nice um, bright spot in a you know in a time where I was just kind of. Um, so thank you to Brad. Um, and then it was like around last Halloween, I feel like I was on Teen Creeps. Um, I subbed in for Lindsay K. Ty while she was out with a new baby talking to Kelly Nugent about R.L. Stein's cat. And uh, that was just really fun. And I read a book for a podcast, so that's very fun. Uh, <laughs> and then related to Jurassic Park, I was uh, I joined Lizzie Bassett and Chris Winterbauer to talk about Jurassic Park on their podcast, What What Went Wrong. And that was really fun. Uh, and then I was on Wine and Crime around this time last year. I joined Amanda and Lucy while Kenyon was out with a baby to talk about autumn crimes. So I'm going to put a link to all these episodes. Uh, yeah, they were just so much fun. And I just really, I like podcasting. Um, <laughs> so with that, let's take a break and then let's watch the new trailer and talk about Jurassic World the Chaos Theory. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We're back in the we're back of the we're back episode. Anyway, <laughs> uh, obviously we have no new Jurassic Park or Jurassic World news on the horizon. Although, congrats again to the writers and actors who succeeded on the strike. Yes, I'm so excited that, you know, everything, should everything go well with the actors signing everything, all this stuff will be ratified and people will get the money they deserve. Yes, support the writers and actors and the rest of the crew and cast and making movies. It's so the, this is the, these are the people that make all the stuff that we watch supporting them is supporting us and is supporting uh, people who make things and are creative and awesome. So anyway, <laughs> um, I, I'm going to, I feel like that we, I don't know. I feel like we'll get an announcement about a new Jurassic world movie. I don't think we're going to get it maybe until the end of next year. I really, to use uh, the blank check podcast parlance, you know, they talk a lot about, actually they talked about most recently on their die another day, Patreon episode, but um, it, you know, again, I love the Jurassic world trilogy again, but I think, you know, when you look at the sort of public perception, um, the Jurassic World trilogy was very successful monetarily. It relaunched the, you know, Jurassic universe. You know, they have the, you know, they redid the ride at Universal. But I think that, you know, they're not really beholden to those characters in such a way that, yeah, I think they're going to try and come up with something really radical and new. Um, that's not to say I don't think that they won't have some characters return, but I I don't think we're going to get like, you know, a remake like we're going to. I mean, that would be wild if they remade Jurassic Park. You know, I, I feel like if they're going to remake stuff now, they usually make it as a TV show so they can really, you know, suck the juices out of it uh, in that way. But I think we'll get, you know, whether it's Macy, you know, Isabella Sermon's character or DeWanda Wise. Like, I feel like, yeah, I think we're going to get a new Jurassic World trilogy but I think it'll be a while before it's announced. You, maybe at the end of next year, with maybe like 2025 or 2025 or 2026 at like the earliest date. I just don't see them really racing to. I mean, you know, the way Dominion ends, I feel like Dominion ends, but it also feels like new beginnings. And then I can kind of think you can let time pass. And I think, you know, seeing the dinosaurs take over the world in some way will be really, you know, advance that phase to where the dinosaurs are not just a nuisance but like really part of this world so uh i don't know just all i know is just let bryce dallas howard direct it uh 
I want her to direct everything now. So, um, I also, oh, uh, limited games, um, is re-releasing or like, I don't know. It's not really, I don't think it's like a real remaster, although I could be wrong about this, but they just, you know, it's a port of the, uh, Jurassic Park games from the Nintendo, Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis, which I was very excited about because those were my childhood Jurassic Park games. But they they are currently, you know, selling the pre-orders for uh, it's going to be for Switch and PS4 and 5 and Xbox and stuff. I pre-ordered mine for the Switch. Um, it's not coming out to like, I think, like the end of next year, like quarter three. So it'll be a while before I get to play them. But um, I definitely want to because I never really played the I I don't think I ever played the Nintendo or this or the Game Boy versions. I did play the Super Nintendo at one of my friend's house growing up, but the Sega Genesis Jurassic Park was my game. But uh, again, the biggest announcement that came, you know, as this podcast was coming back and getting back into things was the announcement of a sequel Netflix of a uh, whatever you want to say, of a sequel series to uh, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. And then yesterday they released the trailer for it. But a word on leaks, you know, while I've talked about leaks and rumors in the past, um, I personally will never share leaked content going forward. Um, You know, I don't blame anyone for sharing leaked content. You know, it's really hard to even tell now what's official and what's unofficial these days just because the internet. (laughs) And, uh, but just to make things easier on my end and to just be considerate, I, you know, I might talk about leaks, but I will never like, you know, spoil anything you know, share trailers or anything that's been leaked. Just, you know, again, I just think it. it's just, I'm not a news focused Jurassic pod. So it's just something that, you know, I don't, I don't really want to deal with <laughs> for, you know, again, I just, I want to talk about the content. So, uh, yeah, the, the trailer was revealed yesterday at this Netflix geeked event. Um, the caption for the trailer was, After the park is closed, after the kingdom has fallen, a new era of chaos. That's imagining how they're reading it. A new era of chaos begins. Jurassic World Chaos Theory. I don't know. I don't know why I'm goofing around. Uh, Jurassic World Chaos Theory is coming to Netflix in 2024. So let me just watch the trailer again, and then I'll give you my thoughts. It's very short. So there we go. That's the initial teaser for Jurassic World Chaos Theory, which, you know, obviously the biggest element, the two biggest, my my two biggest takeaways from this teaser, because it is very short. It just contains imagery of a T-Rex. It looks like it's Rexy to me, but maybe not. I now I'm like doubting myself. I only think it's Rexy because it is like. It feels like it's recreating the opening of Dominion um, Extended Edition or the prologue, you know, with Rexy racing through the streets and the helicopters chasing uh, her. And then the other big sort of part of the trailer is revealing Darius as like a full-blown adult. I mean, he's not a child. He is, you know, racing in a truck. He looks like he's, you know, action motivated. He's got a nice yellow jacket to sort of recall, 
you know, his look in Camp Cretaceous, but it looks like he's sort of, you know, maybe he's working for the group of people in Dominion where they were sort of returning the dinosaurs to different places and stuff. I don't, that's just a guess. This is literally just me thinking out loud right now, but, uh, I guess my reasoning for thinking it's it's Rexy because it sort of looks like it's recalling shots from that uh, part of Dominion. But, you know, the way Camp Cretaceous used sort of the opening of the movies to sort of set you in the timeline of events. And so, you know, in season three of Camp Cretaceous, when they do the opening of Fallen Kingdom, you know, when the kids witness those events. So to me, it feels like, you know, and then again with the, um, you know, the quote from the uh, announcement, which is, you know, after the park is closed. So that's like a reference to uh, Jurassic World. Then after the kingdom has fallen, like, you know, <laughs> uh, obviously a reference to Fallen Kingdom. So it just feels like obviously this because the ending of Camp Cretaceous supposedly or well, no, not supposedly. I mean. Um, Brooklyn says something about, you know, because she's kind of turned into like a um, techno-pagan, to use the X-Files phrase, to, uh, you know, investigate Lockwood Manor. So it feels like, you know, between this open, you know, this teaser and that and that ending of Camp Cretaceous, that it looks like we're going to be, you know, the events are going to take place after Fallen Kingdom, but before Dominion, or as Dom- Dominion is concurrently happening, which is just very exciting because, you know, Jurassic World, the Jurassic World trilogy has obviously been very obsessed with Jurassic World as an open park, you know, I think, which is why the first season of Camp Cretaceous is just like beautiful and one of my favorite Jurassic things ever because it took place concurrently with Jurassic World. But again, the the you know the dinosaurs on the mainland is just such a fun such a such a fun thing you know they they explored a little bit in Tess Sharp's or not a little bit they explored a lot in Tess Sharp's uh, two Macy books um, which I hope we get more of but who knows but uh, yeah it's just that's that's really cool and I'm excited to you know I hope all the characters return I really want to see what all of our you know. Uh, all of our favorite characters, Brooklyn and Kenji and Ben and Yaz and Sammy. Did I say Darius? Yeah, Darius. Um, all the kids, you know, maybe uh, Roxy and Dave. Yes, my memory is working really good today. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I was so excited at the direction of Camp Cretaceous at the end. I really loved how it ended. And, you know, as I mentioned on the Jurassic's Queer Cinema episode, I'm just starting to rewatch Camp Cretaceous now um, because I want to do a really, you know, I want to do some sort of rewatch on it because, you know, I watched the show as it went along and, you know, we rewatched bits and pieces here and there. But especially when it comes to Yaz and Sammy's relationship, I definitely want to do something really focused on that. And I even talked to uh, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. And Jurassic World Chaos Theory showrunner Scott Kramer about their relationship. So I just, yeah, that's, those are one of the things cooking in the oven. Um, But, you know, as I mentioned at the top of the pod, 
you know, I really want to focus on the things that matter to me, that matter to you guys, and just doing things that, uh, you know, I just want to do th- – I just think a lot about, like, at some point this year, I watched the Adam Driver and Ariana Greenblatt dinosaur movie, 65 – well, it's very generous calling it a dinosaur movie uh, – and I just was like so miserable. Like that was like not even like a thirty minute episode. I was just like, I hate this movie. Why am I even here talking about it? Yeah, I just want to do things that really excite excite me for this podcast and do things that can be rewarding and fun. And yeah, I don't know. That's about it. You know, uh, I feel like that's all there is to say about the trailer so far. I know other people in the community are breaking down theories right now, so definitely go watch their stuff. You know, Jurassic Outpost, Jurassic Park podcast, Swerve. You know, jump in the Facebook group uh, if you're still on Facebook, Dress uh, <laughs> Park Podcast. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks everyone for still supporting the show, even in the uh, um, we're out of a job. And I was like, no, we're dormant. We're a dormant volcano and we can always come back, uh, you know, and I'm just excited for this new era of the podcast, getting to really focus on it. And I just have a lot of exciting things I want to do with it. And I feel very rejuvenated. So. Thanks, everyone, for being patient with me. Uh, Obviously, a big way you can support the show is on Patreon. I have like dollar and five dollar tiers. And hopefully in the new year, I can sort of expand those back to kind of what it used to be, you know, with bonus content and things like that. Again, if everyone has any ideas, let me know. And yeah, I hope you have been enjoying all the new episodes. Really, I really want to know what you guys think, because, yeah, you know, I'm. This is the thing I want to uh, keep doing. So, um, again, follow me at Stephen Ray Morris and all the things. Um, SJR Pod and all the things. I, I definitely want to restart those accounts in the new year because I have a lot of fun Jurassic stuff to share with you. So, uh, again, the Patreon, patreon.com slash Right. And, yeah, hold on to your butts and I'll see you real soon. You gonna keep me on task today? <laughs> oh, I almost knocked over my coffee. Uh, all right, do it. Okay, okay, now. Okay. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.